Okay, shalom aleichem, everybody. Uh, this is our last year for Tafshin Peibet. Be'ezrat Hashem after Rosh Hashanah. And so as our last year, we should dedicate this year to the halachot pertaining to Rosh Hashanah. And um, so we are going to go through a specific halachot of shofar, but we're also going to touch on a few other halachot, um, especially since we have, in the last few months, been dealing with Hilchot Tvila. So there is another sugya that we didn't really touch on in previous years, and that is eating before listening to the shofar blast. So that's also going to be going to discuss that. Um, and Bezrat Hashem, if you also discuss um, the bracha of Shechianu and when, whether to say it on the second day um, or not, whether we need new fruits, etc. Okay, let us, let us begin. So when it comes to the halachot of the Shofar, we know that on Rosh Hashanah, every Chag has one uh, a mitzvah min Torah. Sukkot, for example, we have the Arba Minim. We have taking the four species. We have sitting in the Sukkah. Pesach, we have eating matzah. What is the mitzvah regarding Rosh Hashanah? So here the Pasuk in Vayikra says, Daber al Bnei Yisrael lemor the seventh month, now we know the seventh month is Tishrei, on the first day of the month, Yelachem Shabbaton, Zichron Chua Mikrai Kodesh. The Pasuk is slightly ambiguous. It says to us, what do we have to do on Rosh Hashanah? Zichron Chua. It's a remembrance uh, um, of the Chua, of the blast. Um, and also in Bamidbar, Uvachodesh Ashvi Kodesh. And on the seventh month, on the first day of the month, Mikra Kodesh, it's a holy uh, day. We're not allowed to do any malacha. Yom Yelachem, and it's a day of blowing or a day of it shall be for you. So, based on these two psukim, the Chazal basically learned out that the words Zichron Trua and Trua specifically refer to the mitzvah of blowing the shofar. Even though if you look at the mafarshim on these psukim, they all come up with slightly different explanations of what the word Zichron Trua means. But the bottom line is that from here we learn the source that there is a mitzvah to blow, the shofar, to hear the shofar, to blow the shofar, we'll discuss it. Uh, further on in the uh, on the on Rosh Hashanah, if we're already looking at these psukim, perhaps it's worthwhile taking note that the Torah calls it Mikra Kodesh Yelachim. Now Mikra Kodesh means it's one of the festivals. If it's one of the festivals, it's one of the festivals like Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuot. They're also called Mikra Kodesh. Now what? What does that mean? If they're all part of the, or if if Rosh Hashanah is considered a festival like all the other festivals, perhaps all the halachot that pertain to a general yantar would also pertain to Rosh Hashanah. What I'm specifically referring to over here is the question of whether there is a mitzvah lismoach to the mitzvah of simcha 
of rejoicing on Yantaf, which we know definitely we learn out from the Chagas Sukkot, but from there the Gemara says all the Chagim were connected to each other, and because of that, we bring a specifically carbon Shalmei Simcha on Sukkot and Pesach and Shavuot, perhaps also for Rosh Hashanah. And this is a slight argument between the uh, Mordechai or Chochaim. The Mordechai proves from this Pasuk, he says, yes, we see that Rosh Hashanah is considered one of the Chagim, and since it's one of the Chagim, there's a mitzvah to be happy. How do you be happy? You should have a meat meal, you should buy a wife some clothes uh, or jewelry, etc., uh, and one should have one. That seems to be the standard practice when we have a chiyuv to be sameach on the chag. Again, we don't have a karban, we don't have a beit hamikdash, but according to the Rambam, you can still fulfill the mitzvah midoraita today by doing one of those three things: for men eating meat and drinking wine, for women buying new clothes. That is how you fulfill the mitzvah. According to the Mordechai, just as there's a mitzvah of Simcha during the Chagim of Pesach and Shavuot and Sukkot, similarly, there's also a mitzvah on Rosh Hashanah. Lord Chodchaim says that's not true. It's Yom Eimatadin, and therefore it doesn't seem, uh, there's no mitzvah of Simcha. The Rambam seems to have a, uh, a slightly nuanced uh, that there is a certain level of simcha, but not simcha yatera. Okay, so that is in 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 just from this pasuk of mikra kodesh, we have a huge machloket rishonim to figure out whether there's actually a mitzvah of simcha during the uh, during Rosh Hashanah or not. Okay, but that's not really our topic. But there was just a, a quick. Uh, Aside, but let's blow the shofar. And the question is why? So different. If you look at different machzorim, you can. I, I think Rav Sadia go on lists even ten reasons of, of of why we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. Let's mention just one or two. The Sefer Achinuch says in Mitzvah Tafei, Mishorshea Mitzvah Lefish Adam Bal Chomer Lo Yit Orer LeDvarim Kim Al Yadeim Orer. Since we are physical beings, we need something physical to awaken us, to arouse us. Just as he brings from the ancient times when they used to go out to war, they would bang their, their swords on their, on, on, on their um, uh, together or knock knock their shields together, all types of things, in order to arouse the soldiers to get the fervor up to go out to war. Similarly, says the Sefer Achinuch, that's the same idea for awaken our souls in order to do tshuva. That is one explanation. Another explanation we find from the Gemara Masech of Rosh Hashanah. Amarevi why do we blow with a, a shofar from a ram's horn? So says the Gemara. 
in order that I will be reminded uh, of, of the Akedat Yitzchak, and it will be in my view, I will ascribe to it, ascribe it you yourselves have uh, bound yourselves and being Moser Nefesh uh, before me uh, on Rosh Hashanah. I just want to take a moment because I think this is a very, very deep idea which can give us a certain focus on all of our tefillot on Rosh Hashanah. The famous question is, we know that on Rosh Hashanah, we are judged for our panasa, for our briot, for our family, everything that is going to happen to us over the course of the year, the day of judgment, that is when Akash Baruch Hu writes what we are going to receive in the, the coming year. And therefore, we would expect, we would expect that part of our tefillah is you'll find a bakasha for, for, for health and a bakasha for parnasa and a bakasha for, for marriage and for children and for grandchildren, etc., etc. And you go through the machsor and you can almost, it's almost impossible to find any explicit requests that we make of a Baruch. The entire focus of the tefillot are to coronate that we, we accept upon ourselves that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is king. And so the question is, well, if we're accepting upon ourselves that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is king, what happened? Um, what happened? Our requests. And I heard a very nice answer that I think ties into this. The question is like this. When you're employing someone in your, uh, you want to get the top guy in your in your business. And it's a big, big firm. It's, you know, I don't know, Intel or it's uh, Google, one of these big firms. And they want to bring in a CEO. They know that they want to, the CEO of, the, of this big company, his job is to focus on taking the company forward. And the board of directors, all they want from him is to make sure that he dedicates all of his energy to taking the company forward. They know that if he is going to have to start worrying whether he's going to buy the tomatoes from this supermarket or from that supermarket because they are 10, 10 agorot cheaper and you go to buy milk and you start comparing prices and he's running around half the month just to compare prices where he can get cheaper food and, and, and cucumbers and tomatoes and, and basic goods. He's not going to have the full dedication and energy towards the job at hand. So what do the board of directors do? They give him this massive check. They say, we're going to pay you handsomely, um, but you focus on the job at hand. That is how successful companies work, right? They say, we'll take care of you, and you take care of the job at hand. So based on this, Gemara, the, the, the Chidosh is like this. What if what whose company are we working for uh, um, when we every day of our lives? On Rosh Hashanah, first and foremost, we say we are of their Melech. We are the servants of Akash We are his ambassadors. We are there to serve him and to be bring God's name into this world, the Kadesh Shem Shamaim in this world. 
this is what we want to do. We want to do it so much like Abraham Avinu, who was prepared to even sacrifice his son. That is the ultimate Eved Hashem. And that's what we're striving for. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, okay, if that's the case, if you're the CEO of my company, you're the ambassadors of my company, so you cannot do your job correctly if you're worried about your children and you're worried about and you're worried about your health. So I'm going to take care of all of those things because you have decided to take the job. You've signed on the dotted line that you are going to accept the, the title of being the CEO of this company. And obviously the company takes care of all of the person's needs. And that is the depth of this Gemara over here. We blow the shofar to remind HaKadosh Baruch Hu that says, I see it as if you yourselves have been Moser Nefesh like Avraham Avinu. But the, there's, there's, a, there's a lesson in that, Kumara. And that lesson is that we have to accept upon ourselves that we are going to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu like Avraham Avinu. And if we do that, there's no need to have long lists of, of requests because it's a given. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows everything that that we are worried about. We don't have to really tell him, but once, once he knows that we're working for him, he'll take care of all of our uh, needs. So that's just a, a brief understanding of the nature of tefillah on Rosh Hashanah, which really takes care of all our requests if we completely dedicate ourselves for the sake of, uh, for the sake of serving Akash Baruch Hu in the coming year, Bezrat Hashem. Okay, so let's move on now into actually defining the mitzvah. We said that the mitzvah is to blow or hear the shofar. Let's see, how does the Rambam define the mitzvah? The Rambam Yechot Shofar says, Mitzvah Tasev Shel Torah, Lishmoa Tshuvah Tashofar Berosh Hashanah. It is to hear the blast of the shofar of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Yelachim. And the Rambam says further, Shofar Gazul Shetakabo. If you take a stolen shofar and someone blasts, uh, uh, blows on a stolen shofar, usually you can fulfill a mitzvah, Hababa Avera, that is coming through a, a, a sin. Now, this shofar was stolen. Says the Rambam, it's not a problem. Why? Because what is the actual mitzvah? Not to use the shofar, the mitzvah is only regarding the hearing of the sound coming out of the shofar, right? And that is not considered a mitzvah, right? The actual shofar was stolen, but the sound of the shofar is the mitzvah, to hear the sound, and that you have fulfilled it. The Rambam gives another ramification of this halakha, that the halakha is not to blow the shofar, but to hear the shofar. And he was asked a question from Chachmei Lonil, from the French rabbis in Lonil. They got the Rambam's Magnus Opus, the uh, Mishneh Torah, and they asked him, what, what's the difference between if we say the bracha is to hear the, the voice of the shofar or to blow the shofar? And the Rambam answers in his response in Siman Kuf Membe. 
ההבדל ביניהם גדול מאוד, there's a huge difference. המצווה מחויבת אינה התקיעה אלא שמיעת התקיעה. The chiyuv is not to, to blow the shofar, rather the chiyuv is to hear the shofar being blown. That is clearly the opinion of the Rambam. However, the Rosh brings a different opinion, and that is the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. Ve'Rabbeinu Tam katab she'yesh levarech al tkiyat shofar. The bracha is specifically on the blowing of the shofar. Mishum da'asiyatai gmar mitzvata. The blowing is the completion of the mitzvah. So it sounds like according to Rabbeinu Tam, the mitzvah is to blow, not to hear. This is simply mentioned by the smag. Mitzvat asay litkoa b'shofar. That the mitzvah is to blow the shofar. So on the one hand, we have the Rambam saying the mitzvah is to listen. On the other hand, we have the smag in Rabbeinu Tam to say that the mitzvah is to blow the shofar. The Tur wants to bring a proof for the shita of the Rambam. What's the proof? The Gemara in Masechet Rosh Hashanah Kapzayim says as follows. Hatokea letoch abur o letoch adut, right? Lo yatsa. A person who blows a shofar into a cistern or into a pit, right, has not fulfilled his obligation. And the Gemara says, That's people that are, are, are standing on the perimeter of the pit because the sound is, is all, all, all um, confused. But the people inside the pit, they heard it perfectly and therefore they can fulfill it. From here, says the Torah, you see that the ikar is to be able to hear the shofar. The country kra shitkai yevarech lishma kol shofar, says the Torah. The brocha is to, to listen to the voice of the shofar, like the Rambam. The lab and because it's not dependent on whether I blew it or whether rather whether I heard it. And the proof is from that Gemara, that the Gemara says the person who blew the shofar but couldn't hear it has not fulfilled his obligation. On the other hand, we have the Shita of the Rabbeinu Tam, where a Mishnah seems to support the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. And what is that Mishnah? The Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah talks about a Cheresh, a Shote and a Katan, we know that a deaf person over here, deaf news, right? Cannot fulfill. Uh, oh, sorry. Usually, Haresh is a deaf mute. Over here, it's even a deaf person cannot fulfill the obligation by, of blowing the shofar for someone else. Someone who is not obligated in something cannot fulfill the obligation for someone else. So, what do you see from here? Um, says that from, from, from this Mishnah, right? Uh, the, the Mishnah seems to imply that only a person, if, if, a, if a person, uh, only a person who is obligated is over, is able to be motzi the, uh, the, the, the community, right? So if the mitzvah is just to hear the shofar, who do I, why do I care whether the person blowing is, uh, is, is obligated or not? So nothing to do with that. The fact that we are concerned who the Baal Tokea is, 
implies that the mitzvah is actually to blow the shofar, right? Now, the chazonish accepts to hear the shofar. And the question is, if the mitzvah is to hear the shofar, so why is it that I'm concerned that the person who's blowing the shofar should be chayav in the mitzvah of shofar? Explains the chazonish. You're right, the mitzvah is to hear, but it has to be here. Can't be that, you know, we push, uh, uh, we theoretically, you could have like a machine that uh, that you, you, you type in a, a program and uh, shout on Rosh Hashanah morning, a machine gives a huge burst of uh, pump some air into the shofar. The shofar we hear, and we hear says the chasmish, no. Clearly you need a kiashel mitzvah. And the problem with a tokea is the shofar, it's not a, a, a tkia of a mitzvah. Similarly to a, a, a monkey blowing the shofar or, or, or a machine sounding Shofar, it's not a tzikiyash or mitzvah. So says the Chazonish, yes, the mitzvah is to hear it, like what the Rambam says. However, it has to be that I'm hearing a tzikiyash or mitzvah and not a tzikiyah of a machine or a of a monkey for that argument. Okay? And this is how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins. Kodem sheyitkai yivarech lishmoa kol shofar v'yivarech shechiyanu. Shulchan Aruch Paskins like the Rambam, the mitzvah is lishmoa kol shofar, and that's how we today recite the bracha. And the Shulchan Aruch adds that since this is a mitzvah that only comes around at certain times during the year, once a year, so we should say shechianu, and that is how the Shulchan Aruch uh, paskins. Now, the question is. Um, what about the second day? Should we recite Shechianu right, uh, on the second day when, when blowing the Shofar? And this is a machloket between the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, between Svarim and Ashkenazim. Svarim, Shulchan Aruch rules right, in Siman uh, uh, Tafresh that, uh, that they, don't they don't recite Shechianu on the second day. The Ramah over there says that the, the Minag of Ashkenaz is to recite Shechianu on both days of Rosh Hashanah regarding Kiata Shofar. Okay, so now says the Gemara. Okay, next stage. Um, sorry. Yeah. What about the amount of blasts? So this is a famous, famous discussion that has led to an argument for 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 almost uh, for almost over a thousand years and the gemara begins in rosh hashanah shofar how do i know that you have to blow with the shofar says the gemara okay we learn that out from the din dafka regarding yom kippur any that's referring to the jubilee on on yom kippur Rosh Hashanah Minayin. How do I know that applies also to Rosh Hashanah? Says the Gemara Talmud Lomar B'Chodesh Ashvi'i. Right, it talks about the seventh month, and we know that all of the the um, blowings 
on the seventh month are the same. All the Chagim are connected. That the blowing of the month of Shvi'i, referring of Yah to the Jubilee year, is similar to the blowing of Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, since on the Jubilee year we blow a Shofar, so on Rosh Hashanah we blow a Shofar. And how do we know that we have to make a simple blast before the trua, the sound of the trua? The word vabarta. And how do I know I have a simple blast afterwards? So if you take this mara at face value, it comes out that 